I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. User, Graveyard Crossing. Deactivated. The 19th of June 2022. 2359 and 59 seconds. Number, 9000-1159. Hi all. It's been a long time since I've used any sort of forum site. I don't post much on the internet anymore. I used to, on the old Usenet networks and bulletin board systems. But life's just got too busy for keeping up with those sorts of things. Those old precursors, well, they're what brought me here. From the quick skim I did of the place while waiting for my membership to be accepted. A hassle, really. You should consider making it a faster process. Maybe someone here will believe me. I need to get my story out there before it's too late, and this seemed like the place to go. For a little bit of background, I'm a trained EMT working as an ambulance driver for whatever hospital is local to where I'm currently at. I move around a lot. Living on the West Coast is expensive, as I'm sure some of you may know. No family besides a brother halfway across the world, but we don't talk much anymore. I called him a few hours ago, no response. I left a voicemail. I hope he calls me back soon. My last drive, I worked the night shift, and we, me and two other EMTs, were just a few hours in, a bit before midnight. We were a few blocks north of Union Station when we found him. A delirious older man wearing some form of old porter's uniform. Doesn't feel right speaking the name of a dead man, so we'll call him Lester. We couldn't exactly tell what was wrong with him. The phone call that had guided us there hadn't told us much, and upon arrival, we didn't figure out a lot more either. He was delirious, shambling through the streets alone and rambling under his breath, his heart rate elevated. It was a miracle he hadn't been hit by something. We thought maybe some form of dementia given his age, or perhaps old Pops here had gotten the dosage on his medications wrong, but either way we loaded him up into the ambulance and began heading back to the hospital. The screaming. How it went on and on. Shrill, high-pitched, nearly inhuman screams. Throat going raw, blood spurting out. Even from my driver's seat I could hear Lester screaming. Sometimes it was just noise, other times it was words. The 1159, it's coming. We're out of time. Do you hear its whistle too? At first we thought he was obsessing over the time. Delirious folks can sometimes hyperfixate on the weirdest stuff, but given the outfit and the further rambling about how his father before him had also been a porter, we figured it might be in reference to a train. Something about Lester's screaming really got to me. It was loud, distracting of course, but that's fairly common in this business. It was just, I could hear the denial in those screams. The primal urge of, this can't happen to me, I'm not going to die. I hear it now, I feel it now too. I couldn't focus on driving. It was as if the radio just melted into static, the other EMTs were nothing but ghosts, and the city before us just turned into blurs of black and gray. Do you ever realize what it means for someone to die? I've handled the dead before, 
held the bones that once supported the stories and carried the viewpoint of an individual. But it's now. Hearing that fear, that denial, I can't die. My story can't end. But being there for its violent close anyway, that's what's chilling. Their entire perspective on the world, their entire way of seeing life, it's all gone. It all dies with them. And that me, right now, I'm responsible for saving that entire world view by getting them to the hospital in time. No, not even that world. All the world's connected to it, too. Lester's, his families, all his friends. If I don't save Lester, then all those worlds are damaged significantly. It's just tick-tock, time's a-passing, and you have one foot in the grave. All of their grief, all of their suffering. You killed him. I killed him. All the times if I'd just been faster just a bit quicker. Who would still be here? What worlds would have been saved? Could I have gotten past the train? Was this telling me that I deserve to die? I don't want to die alone. My life didn't flash before my eyes, but rather a strobing red light. It pulled me out of my thoughts and back to reality. The road in front of us flushed crimson by a blaring railroad crossing signal. The gates, looming above us, began to lower as I cursed our luck, slamming on the brakes. A pale, rapidly approaching light split the shadows. Lester, the man that had not stopped raving for a second, fell silent. My eyes flicked over to the clock in the dashboard, and I choked on my breath. 11.59. It's here, came a whisper, and then he was gone. The shriek of the heart monitor flatlining was quickly accompanied by a loud whistle, in a shrill chorus that drowned out all else. I turned around to see if the paramedics needed help in resuscitation, just in time to see them stop in their tracks. A green light reflected off their eyes as they filled with terror and undistilled mania. One began to sob silently. I turned to see what they were looking at, my mind too slow to tell my body to stop. A hunk of creaking silver whizzed past, dilapidated but unobstructed. The wheels made no noise, but the scream of the fog whistle grew louder, even as the engine got further away, mixed in with the cries of the passengers. There must have been hundreds of them, cramped in the carriage into a uniform mass of rotten and glowing flesh, their faces pressed against the windows, contorted into shapes well beyond what could be considered human. Some of them were laughing. There were four faces I recognized, though in the last carriage. How did I manage to spot them amongst the motion? Did the train slow down? Did it want us to see? First it was Lester, thrown around by the old passengers, his face was rotting in front of my eyes, and then the two paramedics, and finally me. Our forms were hazy, like reflections on water, like ghosts. And then it was gone. One of the paramedics turned off the heart monitor before clearing his throat into a recorder. Patient died in transit. Time of death, 11.59. Nothing was said afterwards, but not all was silent. The whistle remained, quiet and in the background, like tinnitus. You can almost forget it for a while, but then something draws your attention back to it, and you become painfully aware of its presence again. I tried to ignore it, I really did, chalking our experience up to an unfortunate cocktail of fatigue and fear. Having a patient die on you never gets less harrowing, but I can't anymore. It's been getting louder. It's 11.57, and the other two are already dead. 
I know they are. I can feel it. A cold creeping in as the line gets shorter. It's 11.58, and this will be my last post. The train comes for us all. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible. So, credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLite 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons ShareLite 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki, and we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people, or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.